like to introduce to you my co-host, Brian Dewan. Brian, how are you? I am well, and yourself. Oh, uh, very, very, very good. It's so good that we're back doing another radio show. It's been a few months. Yeah. And uh, the first thing I wanted to, of course, offer you my condolences. Uh, you know, obviously you're upstate. You're upstate in Boston. Uh, you know, uh, your your aunt had passed away. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, as again, I offer you uh, my condolences, especially during this particular holiday season. Oh, and thank you. Sure, sure. And uh, again, you know, I'm calling from Manhattan, the Upper East Side, and of course, Brian, you are you are stationed in Catskill, New York. So, from the city to the country, <laughs> uh, I'm sh- you had a lot of wonderful uh, activities around the Christmas and holidays. Uh, that was happening up in your very, very, very own area. Could you just fill us in on a few of those? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, most recently, uh, which was Friday, I did a a Christmas show in Catskill, and you know, I've I've done a Christmas show or at least one every year for years, uh, to the point where I can't remember, if, you know, when I didn't do it. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I always have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and I, uh, in the middle of it, I told a story, a Hans Christian Andersen story yeah, called yeah. The Fir Tree. And uh, I really like that one. It's not one of his better known ones. But The Fir Tree, uh, you know, the tree is growing up on the mountain. And it's always, you know, with each stage of its life, looking back the previous time and appreciating it in a way it did not when it was in it. So it begins yeah. on the on the mountaintop and the wind and the trees say, rejoice in your youth, rejoice in your fresh growth. But the tree just wanted to become tall and old and that nothing else in the world mattered more. And then it's cut down and dragged down the mountain and set up in a house and decorated with ornaments. And uh, and then a man comes in and tells a story to a bunch of children and tells them the story of Plumpy Dumpy, hmm. who fell downstairs, yet came to honor and married the princess. Ah. And so the tree is very enamored of this story. Never heard such a thing before. Hmm. And says, tomorrow will be even more splendor. But instead, it is stripped of its ornaments except for the star and is taken up to a garret and put in a corner where it's very lonely until the mice come and listen. And it tells the mice the story of Clumpy Dumpy. And uh, they're just uh, amazed to hear such a story. But then more mice come, but also the rats. And the rats say, that's a miserable story. (laughs) Don't you know cheese stories? Don't you know storehouse stories? And then eventually the tree is taken out in the spring and is broken up and fed into the fire, and it looks back on all the different times in its life and says, but that is all past, past. And then it ends with, and that is the way it is with all stories. Well, you know, it's a great, you know, it, needless to say, it's a great story. It's kind of a bittersweet story, you know. I mean, it's a little happy, it's a little sad, as you, as you well know. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, Hans Christian Andersen always has that... Uh, 
extra melancholy uh, stirred into it, but it's also beautiful, so that kind of helps you to deal with the inevitable sad streak that's in a lot of his writing. Well, you know, uh, it's, uh, I mean, uh, since we're on the subject, there's a, there's a quality of even uh, the holidays that have that, that have that feeling. You know, whether it's you know, oh, like, yeah. Christmas, like Christmas, uh, don't you feel it sort of has that melancholy quality as well? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And, uh, yeah, and even just to think of, uh, you know, that that Christmas and, and you know, and, and in the pre-Christian era with the solstice that, you know, people are trying to combat the deepest trough of winter with the least amount of light and the least hospitable environment and to to create and celebrate this joy in the mix the midst of the the darkest time and uh, there's always a reference of course in in in, in the uh, in, in christian or the you know the christmas story there's always a reference to uh, i mean not jesus but baby jesus and, oh yes. yeah yeah <laughs> so yes you have the new beginnings and the beginning of exactly, life exactly uh, right at that time yeah and also the uh, the, the loss the, you know and, and at the same time the loss of a certain innocence the loss of a certain child like quality at the same time you have you have both things yeah. going on yeah yeah and uh, yeah and so uh so you're dealing so you're dealing with a double a double edge on one level it's extremely joyful and on the other level it, it's you know it has a I mean, even some of the songs, you know, even like the, uh, you know, that have a melancholy quality, like a silent night or uh, away in the manger. All, all those things are, you know, bittersweet sounding, and uh, they, they, you know, they deal with, uh, as you said, they deal with a, a new beginning or uh, a rebirth, a sense of perhaps a resurrection, or 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 the sense of maybe something is going to be. Uh, and obviously, in the case of the nativity, in the case of baby Jesus, you know, stuff is going to happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, stuff down the line is going going to happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and there's that, there's that, in a sense, there's that, you know, reality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, now I'm thinking of how, um, you know, once I saw a 16-millimeter film, I think that was made by RCA, and it was called The Story of Christmas. I think I it must that. have been made in, yeah. in the late 50s or I love something. That one. And, uh, I love that. <laughs> and there was a, a section where you see, you know, the Puritans. Well, I guess, I guess the Puritans were really not into Christmas. Well, for one thing, I guess in those days it was not a major holiday in the religious calendar like it is now mm -hmm. you know easter was the big thing yeah, but sure. not christmas but sure. also i think to the puritans christmas was just an opportunity for people to bring out all sorts of uh revelry and pleasure seeking and they disapproved of that because mm -hmm. they thought christmas was bogus but in the rca movie they have to sort of tread this line politically because 
on the one hand, they're being held up as the figures of fun and as the Scrooges who are, and the squares who are trying to stop all of the fun that we all love. But at the same time, they must be re revered as the ancestors of early America, so they can't take the Mickey out of them too much. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, I mean, uh, they weren't like you know, like evangelicals and so forth that were that thought it was pagan. They sort of were more party poopers, and, uh, <laughs> and although you know, not like I really know a lot about the Puritans, but uh -huh. supposedly they really kind of invented not only the idea of children's literature, but even the modern concept of childhood that. In that era, you were considered a baby from when you were born until you were about six years old, right. and then you were expected to dress and act just like your mother or father and right. were mm -hmm. basically considered an adult. And they were unusual you know, in the culture around them in thinking that there's a longer period where you must show mercy to the young person who is still an experienced, not an adult. So the whole modern concept of childhood that we take for granted was then an avant-garde idea. Well, you know, they founded a couple of universities. And, uh, oh, I did not know that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Princeton University and, uh, you know, Columbia, all the major universities uh, had, had, had the influence initially of the Puritans. They certainly, they certainly were education-oriented. And, uh, and and they weren't anti-drinking. Uh, oh, know, they, I didn't even know that either. Yeah, they they uh, I understand they even made their own you know their own beer or their own wine, and uh, so they weren't one hundred percent entirely temperate. Yeah. they were they believed in temperance. And, yes, uh, well, after all, in in his own time, Jesus was criticized for being a glutton and a wine drinker. Correct, correct, yeah, and. Uh, then, of course, when the Puritans and Calvinists, especially the hardline Calvinists, came along, oh yeah, they, they, some of them actually said if you didn't drink, you were sinning. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, and Luther was Luther, and Luther was, you know, Luther in his day, he was a drunk. Oh, uh, and uh, and and apparently, I mean, there's even a book out called "Drinking with Calvin and Luther." <laughs> And, uh, and and so forth. So uh, obviously, obviously, in the case of Jesus, wine was his drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else he what else he drank. Um, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, he apparently was okay with. Uh, he was okay with. Uh, he was okay with wine. And uh, but nonetheless. Uh, what I was what I was interested in uh, uh, was the fact that we were talking a little while ago. The last time we talked, uh, we were talking about this whole notion of uh, of uh, loss of loss of innocence. As a matter of fact, we actually said we would talk about that today um, because um, I kind of found it interesting, especially in terms of the instrument that I play, the accordion. And yeah. uh, and also, well, you play it also, and that's why we're here. And there, <laughs> there, there's there's something about what our instrument conveys, especially around these particular times of the year. On one level, oh, they, yeah. yeah. On one level, they they're 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 great, 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 you know, uh, oracles, oracles of absolute of absolute joy. 
And then, of course, with all the melodies inside this box, <laughs> you know, uh, they, can, uh, they can be oracles of all kinds of other things as well. Uh, you know, what do you think about that? <laughs> all in the box. I love yeah. the idea of the music emerging from the box. Well, yeah. And the box is the magical angular container that contains the, well, for, I don't know how old I was when it finally occurred to me what the word accordion meant, that it is a device for making a chord and yeah, harmonious sounds. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, I just thought of it as a word that just means that instrument. And I hadn't thought of that. The instrument brings you a chord. Yeah, when you break it down, uh, you know, when you break it down, you know, to the word and, 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 and yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know, I had you, never considered the etymology of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's an interesting observation of uh, just being, being absolutely clear uh, about that. Um, I'm going to play a little something right now, and uh, and this is a, a new work that I just composed, and it's called a, a Brechtian Christmas. And we'll talk about it afterwards, because it has a narrative to it. That's a Brechtian Christmas. <laughs> and the words are, what did Nomad say? What did Nomad see? And this, the narrative is that, you know, obviously in the nativity scene, they were visited by the three kings. They got gifts. They were visited by the little drummer boy who went boom, ba -da -dum, ba -da -dum, you know, bump, ba -dum, bump. But what you don't know is the lonely nomad who was just wandering through 
perhaps even with his accordion on, or some sort of instrument like the accordion, and looking at it from a distance. Now, someone had to tell other people about what was going on. <laughs> and perhaps it was this person. What did he say? What did he see? And perhaps he had the mind of an accordionist, the accordionist who's that guy in the village who's played all the events, and he knows everybody, and he knows all their inside secrets. And, you know, perhaps he even knew from an instinctual standpoint what was going to be happening down the line just by watching the scenario. And so he had a certain distance. So he was behind that fourth wall, uh, just... Uh, watching the Christmas scene take place, you know, joyfully and sorrowfully at the same time. And that's yeah. the piece called the Brechtian Christmas. Hmm. Yeah, well, they're, they're stirred into each other. Yeah. The joy and the melancholy. Yeah. Now, your, your piece is, since we're on the verge of secret, your piece is, <laughs> is, 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 is called... What's your what's the name of your a piece? secret? A secret. It's called a, a secret. It's a it's a folk song, an Italian folk song. Well, there you have it. I learned it. I learned it from a book of songs, you know, meant to be sung by school children, and uh, the name of that book was "The High Road of Song." And I saw that song, and I was I had never heard it before, even though it must be well known, but I was quite enamored of it, and so uh, I learned it. So that's what we're going to be hearing, and uh, yeah. so uh, so you get two uh, two dimensions of of a kind of a secret, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and obviously someone who perhaps knew something, knew a secret, and perhaps he he was the one who actually told people about it. Mm. Uh, obviously, the three kings probably didn't. And uh, Mary and Joseph were fleeing. They're, they're, they were getting out of. Uh, and so, who, you know, who was who was uh, who was recording all this? Uh, and I, I kind of felt there was some anonymous, lonely nomad there uh, <laughs> watching the whole thing and uh, taking down all the information and perhaps uh, eventually spilling the beans. <laughs> yeah, well, they're there to be spilled. They're there to be spilled. They really are. And uh, <laughs> let them spill. Let them spill. Let them spill. Well, you know what I learned back. You know, uh, oh, we, you know, for instance, since I played the accordion back at Juilliard, uh, uh, most of the organ majors at one time uh, played the accordion. It was it was sort of a natural thing. Why not? You know, uh, they became, you know, classical organists. And they, when I met them, they said, yeah, you know, I, I played the accordion when I was young and then went to classical, you know, went to uh, classical organ. And so one, one guy uh, had, this, uh, had this song because the, the organ teacher, Vernon Dittar then, nice man, uh, he would, the only thing he would say in the lessons would be, let it flow, let it flow. And he would move his uh. arm around like a circle. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. And I would say to the organ majors, did he say anything else? And they said, not much. 
And so, uh, you know, let it flow, let it flow. So one of the guys, Joe Smith, wonderful guy. And uh, I can tell you stories about him, though. Uh, and he invented a song. And it was, I'm going to my organ lesson. I'm going to play a lot of Messian. And Dittar would say to Joe, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know let it. I love that sentiment of letting it happen. You don't even do anything. You just don't impede it. You don't try to stop it. You accept it. Let it flow. Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it go. Let it go. Let it flow. Yeah. It's about the letting. Uh, yeah. It's about let it happen. Allow yeah. it to happen. Yeah. And uh, since we're letting it happen, what's happening with you uh, coming up? Oh, let's see. I'm going to do a little show in January with David Garland and a few other musicians yeah. doing a live, like his work, a live uh, improv. You know, yeah, yeah, I like his work uh, a lot. Some of the musicians are regulars at the um, Monday Morning Mellotron that we do every two weeks. I know you do those. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, which I always enjoy, where we start to play at 8 a.m. and finish up at 9.30 a.m., and uh, and we all improvise for that duration. Yeah. Uh, and it's very enjoyable to do. Will Garland do any of his uh, control songs? No, this will be all improvisation, uh -huh, so I yeah. don't think he's planning on doing any songs. Yeah, huh, yeah. Uh, so this will just be a, a live thing that will not be predetermined. Uh-huh. Oh, it sounds great. So that'll be exciting. I enjoy doing that very much. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to uh, say a few uh, few thing, uh, words about what's coming up in the near future for uh, for me. I'm right uh -huh. now. Um, I'm going to be uh, um, right now. I tomorrow I go into dress rehearsals for Vutzek at the uh, at oh the, yes at the Met, and uh, so uh, which is a very appropriate song for the Christmas, appropriate opera for the Christmas holidays. But nonetheless, I think it's wild. Yeah, in the wild. Yeah. But but nonetheless, it's a wonderful, wonderful new production, and uh, the band that's in the you know which I'm a member of, or I'm a part of, yeah. is, is staged very very well in the uh, in the opera, and so. Uh, <laughs> Then in January, oh. uh, in January 12th, I'm having a work done at North South Consonance. I believe that's January 12th in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon around 3. And I've done a set of variations on the Tennessee Waltz. And for accordion, oh. and, string, for accordion and strings. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and again, it has a lot to do with the, the piece. My, my version, my uh, arrangement reality has a lot to do with what we just talked about. Uh, that, uh, you know, the song was recorded by Patti Page, you know, and even though it's a sad song, she they always sang it in an upbeat manner, including Pee Wee King, who wrote it, you know, uh, and it's a beautiful melody. Uh, but there's a second verse that that was always taking off, taken off the, uh, the, 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 the all the different cover versions 
They're, you know, they only do one particular verse. And the second, you know, the second verse gets darker and darker and darker until eventually the devil appears. You know, yeah, and uh, and the the only other cover that I know that actually does that second verse is the Leonard Cohen. And uh, and I wanted to do a version that was instrumental that showed the darkness and the light of that particular circumstance of you know the lost of a person being you know a person's love being snatched right from them, and then going into the deepest deepest drink and sorrow that anyone could ever imagine and so forth and so that's what i'm going to be doing and then the same this on the same day uh, uh, january 12th i'll be doing something that i had written for a flute clarinet piano and violin uh, at uh, uh, a north south no not uh composer's concordance gee um, i i helped found concor uh, composer's concordance so i don't want to forget their name and that will be done also at the uh, Marcosabi world and you'll, you'll see all this on my facebook page mm. and it's a work it's a chamber work and uh and uh other performances will be i'll be doing in in february i'll be doing music from japan some japanese works as well as uh some new uh, some new pieces uh, with the New York Philharmonic, and which is going to bring us up to, uh, well, in May I'll be doing Mary Poppins with the Philharmonic. Uh, it's a beautiful score, by the way. I've done it with New Jersey Symphony. It's an absolutely gorgeous score. Uh, but when it comes around to June, uh, at Lincoln Center, I'm curating, and you well know this i'm curating an afternoon of the accordion in relation to schubert and you will be taking part in that and that's uh june 6th at the bruno yes. walter auditorium at lincoln I'm center library yes forward yes and we're doing uh various various takes on schubert uh, we're doing one of his impromptus in flamenco style. We're going to be doing a work called Schubert's Finished. Um, we're going to have, uh, you will do things that perhaps might be Schubert or may not be Schubert. Not, not all of it has to be Schubert, but it's all about the melodies in the box. And, uh, and you know, obviously uh, Schubert was a box of melodies and the accordion is the perfect oracle for <laughs> all Schubert's melodies to, to spill out. And so um, that's just a little taste of what's going to be going on. And then of course the seminars, July 31st, August 1st and 2nd will be of course uh, our 26th year and the theme will be time travel. And I think that is a subject matter that certainly appeals to you, Brian. Oh, indeed. Yeah. And I know, because uh, we travel through time whether we want to or not. Uh, well, I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would love to elaborate on that even further. <laughs> uh, how do you do that, Brian? And I'll tell you how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all you have to do is sit still. Yeah. 
and you will move. Even though you are sitting still, you are moving through time, traveling through time. You try to stop it, you try to get the bus, forget it. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's the best thing. That's the best exclamation I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I can't top it. Involuntary. Yeah, I, I, I can't top it. So I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna. You know, I was gonna say basically that I was gonna uh, uh, talk to our listeners about the fact that we're eat, we each have a coffee can and attached to a string, and I have that string headed out to Catskill, New York. You know. <laughs> And we talk through this coffee can and send our sound through that string. And uh, I don't know. If, did you have those things when you were a kid? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Those, we did you know, mess with those things. Yeah, yeah I, I did as a kid. I actually I actually thought thought they worked. So, <laughs> you know. Well, they do work. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so maybe maybe I was in my mind thinking about traveling uh, through, through 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 time and perhaps that was something that was getting me getting me into it but again the accordion is the perfect instrument for traveling tra- traveling time for a lot of reasons and one of the reasons is that I, I I feel it's always in permanent transition that it's always uh, as you say it's standing still now I'm going to talk about the movement part of the whole thing the movement part of the whole thing is that it's in constant transition. In other words, you know, forget about the, the beginning, f- forget about the middle, forget about the end. It's always in that ac- uh, absolute realm of flux. Um, and there's a sense of movement, but there's also a sense of static too. And so the evolution is in the realm of per- permanent transition. And uh, so that's that was my my take on on that sense of uh, that 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 sense of 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 uh, of, of motion. And uh, Brian, it seems to me that uh, that was a good first uh, a good first return back to our radio show. Is there anything more you want to add? To our listeners, that, you well, should, that they should hear. Well, I just want to wish everyone well, happy holidays and a happy new year as 2020 dawns. And I feel absolutely, absolutely the same way. And so does my family. So does my wife, Mickey, and, and our son, Michael. We wish you all the best of the holidays, and we hope that you are blessed with a great, great new year. Okay, Brian, it was great okay. talking to you. Yes. Always great to talk to you. And have a good night. And Good see you night. Soon. And see you soon. And see you soon. A secret, a secret, I've got a little secret, a secret, a secret, I'll never, never tell. 
Who told me? Who told me? I cannot tell who told me. My secret, my secret, I'll never, never tell. Singing tra la 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 la. Singing tra la 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 la. Singing tra la 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 la. Singing tra la 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 la. My secret, my secret, is such a lovely secret. My secret, my secret, I wish that I could tell. So promise, so promise, you'll never tell this secret. Our secret, our secret, we'll never, never tell. Singing tra la 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 la, singing tra la 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 la, singing tra la 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 la, singing tra la 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 la.